Welcome to the Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Podcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Sunday, April 11th, day 221. It's the first epistle of Peter today, chapter 3. Peter was one of the Lord's 12 disciples sent out as an apostle. In the Bible, Peter also goes by his last name, Cephas, and is also known as Simon, and Jesus Christ himself called him Barjona, son of the dove. First, please consider your part in the many-member body of Christ. Participate in glorifying, magnifying, and broadcasting God's saving word. My part is creating this Bible teaching media. Your call to action consists of supporting post-media solutions by way of your time or money contributions. God's Word being taught cover to cover, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, requires advertising and a functioning website suitable for search and social. Whatever God-given talent you have, God expects you to use it in the many-membered body of Christ. God's blessings will abound on you and yours. Give it up for God at companionchapel.com, Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, or e-transfer to email address companionchapel at gmail.com. Your gift of as little as $10 a month or 30 cents a day enables me to bring you a Bible teaching podcast a day every day. You're encouraged to send your biblical questions or prayer requests to email address companionchapel at gmail.com or come by for a Bible study to number 338 side row 28-29 Paisley, Ontario, Canada and the phone number here is 509-706-8876 Now please turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 3. But before we do verse 1, let's just recall that in Chapter 2, we went over how to make it through the day like outside your house in the general public. And and this is how to make it through your day inside your house with your inner circle of people, including your husband or wife or significant other. Let's go to verse 1 here. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. Okay, this this gets taken out of context, like big time. Let's first cover what is the definition, what it says in the Bible about the definition of marriage. Is you become one, you become one flesh. Jesus Christ taught us that, reiterating Moses' laws, or what Moses had written down. It says, For this cause shall a man leave his mother and father, and shall cleave to his wife, and become one flesh. And so you respect that person. You look at that other person like they're yourself. You don't look at them like... Um, for gr- personal gratification, you look at them like this is the same. You care about how that person feels. It's selfless, and so this. Let's just use an analogy here for verse one and two. Guy comes home from the job site with his lunchbox. He's had a he's had a terrible day. He he hoofs his lunchbox right over the backyard fence. You know, th- don't go out there, wives, and add fuel to the fire. Be modest. Be humble. And guy, don't be a fool. Okay, we're using some common sense here. Like be modest and humble. That's what chaste conversation means. And you have to have your doctrine. A divided house can't stand. You have you have a working knowledge of the Bible. So you understand, hey, people are going to get pushed beyond their breaking point. Now be nice with them. Come to an understanding. Okay, now number three is about, uh, let's just read this three. Um, who's adorning? Let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair and of wearing of gold or putting on of apparel. Okay, girls, like when you guys go your separate ways in the morning, like don't put, don't cake on the makeup and look like a call girl. And that's all there is to it. You don't want to be dressed up and looking like something that Hollywood has put forth as, as a new normal. Like the yoga pants and the low cut tops in the front and all fancied up. Like, 
that's that's just not what God wants. Don't look like tempting to other people. Don't look like a loose person. Like hold it together. Be modest. Is what's being said here. For but let it be let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. So verse four teaches verse three. God says here that value to him is a disciplined, peaceable person. God doesn't put a value on your wallet or dressing up in fancy clothes and, and making a big deal of it. Like you're trying to be a sideshow. Like a lot of girls used to say to me, well, guys shouldn't look at me like that. Well, you're leaving nothing to the imagination. You're instigating it. Like if you wear yoga pants, put a skirt on. If you got a top in the front, then like do it up a bit. Like, does it have to be like that? No, it doesn't. And, and girls have argued with me about that. Guys shouldn't look at us like that. Well, that's too bad. That's what happens. Like be meek and and quiet in spirit. That means peaceable and have discipline. The meek shall inherit the earth. You, you stick to your virtues. This is your guy. It says a hidden man of heart. And what that means is that's that's you look at each other when you leave in the morning or when you're hanging out with your husband or wife that you make that person feel like the only girl in the world. And you make that guy feel like he's the only guy in the world. Verse 5. For after this manner in the old time, holy women also, who trusted in God, adorned themselves accordingly, being in subjection unto their husbands. As long as the husband wasn't a fool, like a divided house cannot stand. You have to have a principled set of beliefs. You have to be both Christians, not the pedestrian term it's become real real christian means you have a working knowledge of the bible at least or you're trying together okay even as sarah obeyed abraham calling him lord whose daughters you are as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement okay there's a lot said here okay guys you better um get off your high horse here no sarah didn't hit the floor every time she saw abraham and and like praise him all this means is Okay, this is the man of the house. He's taking care of me. I'm taking care of him. Okay, that's all that Lord means. It doesn't mean any deity whatsoever. It means master of the house. Okay, this guy is, I'm the patriarch, or I'm the, I'm the matriarch, and he's the patriarch. And our covering, our veil, as it's written in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, is our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we've wrapped this house up in, the vesture of the Lord. Okay, we respect each other. He comes home, that's my wife. That's the girl. That's my girl. Okay, we become one flesh. She's not going around looking like a call girl in the mall all day. She's not walking around, you know, flirting. Because that's what you do when you... Yeah, it's good to look good. You want to look nice and clean and tidy. But there's a, there's a line that people cross. And you all know it too. And uh, just because Hollywood glamorizes morally defiled thought patterns it glamorizes um things that god can't stand like uh let's see like hollywood glamorizes the superficial glamorizes sin glamorizes debauchery as the new accepted normal it perpetuates hate and disdain towards others hollywood and social media glamorize glamorize money and drugs violence hollywood and social media again glamorize superficial glamorizes What's in it for me? Entitlements. I deserve better. You know, you got to be careful. Don't bring those things upon you. 
what's hidden in the heart of a man. This is love for his wife and love for Jesus Christ. And don't forget, we are all the bride of Christ. Christ is looking for a virgin bride to, to, to present to Father. So just remember that we are all one together. And now, so no, Sarah didn't hit the floor and, and you know, bow at Abram's feet. She just acknowledged, this is the guy that's my guy. Abram acknowledged Sarah also, okay? And it also says, whose daughters you are, okay, we're, Abraham is the father of many nations, and we are either right out of their posterity, or we we are um, kinsmen redeemed into this family. We're adopted into this family. So just remember that. Whose daughters you are, as long as you do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. Okay, like, this word in the Greek is petusios, or put. I, I can't even say it. That means, this terror means don't shame each other. Don't put each other down. That's what that means. Don't go around playing tit for tat or or one-upmanship in your household. Like, don't make, you know, you come home from work. Like, don't don't start picking at, at the girl. Respect your wife. Respect the household she's holding together for you. You slap that paycheck down on that table. And don't go in the backyard and hoof your lunchbox over the back fence because you're mad. Just try and control yourself. The Bible tells us all things. Offenses will come up against you. People are going to come up against you because all the evil in the world comes from the human heart. People are going to try and rip you off or try and steer you into the dragnet that, that, hell, uh, that death drags behind them. Hell. And all the vain curiosities of the world. And if you don't have... Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ says your head, then that's what's going to happen. You're going to follow those vain curiosities and you're going to get frustrated. Things are going to sound good. I work, hey, here's a good way to make money. Here, let's just chintz this and make some money. Or let's just rip this guy off and make some money. Whatever. Or here, you got a couple paychecks together. There's always one guy at the job site. Hey, man, you want to go in and buy a kilo of cocaine or something? Make more money? Who knows? There's so many weird things that happen on construction sites. Just hold your own. Make your paycheck and go home. Remember in the last chapter it said how to get along when you're when you're out there working. Be subject to your masters with all reverence, with all fear. Not only the good and the gentle, but also the forward. Like go home, go do your job the best you can and go home. Go home to your wife. And like don't go out and uh, get drunk with your buddies every day after work. That's a really bad habit too. Guys fall into. It says here, you know, don't make your wife or your husband walk around like they're walking on eggshells. Don't make them walk around like they can't do anything right. Don't question everything they do. Let them live, man. Let them be who they are. Nobody's perfect. And just because people don't think the same way you think, even in your household, just come to an understanding. Okay, she's got a different opinion on something. Whoopie-doo. That's not an affront to you. But if you have the same standard, you won't have that many different opinions. A divided house can't stand, as it's written. You get this standard into you. It's a consistent thought pattern. It doesn't allow for social media or for Hollywood to change who you are or who you're supposed to be. you got to mature. Okay, seven. Likewise, you husbands. Say, hey, buddy, that just toofed your lunchbox over the back fence. Dwell with them according to knowledge. 
Knowledge of scriptures. Knowledge is one of the sacred of, a, of God's seven spirits. Knowledge to know better. Knowledge to discern. Knowledge to understand. Hey, she's been home with these kids all day. And yeah, it's a heavy load. Like they're little terrors. So don't come home because you've had a bad day and, and try and make it worse. Always try and make things better. Always try and build up the other person. Always be forgivers. That's what knowledge is all about. That you have to consider human frailty. When you're, when you're, there's going to be arguments in your household, but just cut it short, man. Consider human frailty. Consider forgivers. Yeah, that guy is going to come home and you're going to look at him. Don't size him up like, oh, I could do better. I deserve better. No, knowledge. Recognize everybody is struggling. So never play one-upmanship in your household. Never, always try and make it the best you can. And don't, you know, don't terrorize the other person. Give honor unto the wife. Yeah, you honor her. You're one. You honor, you honor her in the Lord. You honor her like you're one in the Lord. You make her feel like the only girl in the world. Don't be falling off your bar stool after work and, and, and getting all slobbery using beer goggles looking at the, um, what do you call them? The girl behind the bar who serves the drinks. Waitress. Okay, look at to the wife as the weaker vessel. What's this mean? Dude, you put the garbage out. You fix the roof. You, you mow the lawn. Okay, girl, don't go like this. I cooked your food. I cooked your, I did your laundry. No, th these things you do to make the household good. Okay, the weaker vessel, that just means physically weaker. To women are generally <clears throat> much stronger mentally. And you're being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers not be hindered. You respect each other and you respect God or your prayers won't be answered. A divided house cannot stand. Like, like guy, guy will come home day after day with his lunchbox or the girl, depends, or sometimes both of you work. That's pretty common these days. You know, respect each other. Like try and make things work. Don't put expectations on each other. Like if the if girl, if you're better, if you guys run a business together, if you're better at organizing stuff, then organize it. If the guy's better at going out there and say laying bricks all day and running a crew, then you do the best you can out there. You're doing a whole subdivision of houses? Make that subdivision look like gold, man. Girl, you, you do what you can do to help out. Don't be like, hey, the guy's down there. Uh, yeah, I need help in the office here. It's just turned into a mess again. Don't be up there sitting on Facebook in your track pants laid out in the coach. Go, I already cleaned that office. I already did it once. Get down there and help out, man. The guy, guys, are, guys aren't as smart as girls. So don't, don't like devalue the person. Don't demasculate your man. And don't put expectations on your girl like she's your personal servant. Like just show respect. And that's what's being said here. And it's also said in the, in the book, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, where Paul's saying, hey, the only way to get along is by being two forgivers. And the head of the household is Jesus Christ. You guys prepare yourself. You're going to be judged together. You're going to be judged, but you're one person. You can be judged separately, but you one person now. That's what I'm trying to say. The definition of marriage, you become one flesh. So when you when you meet your maker, yeah, you, you guys are all good. You don't have any guile, no malice, no corruption in you. 
You don't have any feelings of entitlement that you deserve better. You don't look at your husband like, what about the guy down the street who got the raise? Look at him. He's even better looking according to Hollywood. I deserve to be down there. He's got a pool in the back. Look at the car his wife's driving. No, that's coveting. Just be happy with what you got and, and make the best of it. That's your guy. That's your girl. And you be in subjection to each other and in subjection to the Lord. You submit with unquestioned obedience to the Lord. And your household will be just fine. Finally, be all you of one mind in Jesus Christ. Having compassion one another. Love as brethren. Be kind. Be courteous. It says here, be pitiful. That's not the word. It's be kind. Okay, Be courteous. Okay, guys, everybody does stupid things. Even the smartest guy on the planet, whoever that may be, believe me, it's not me, does stupid things. Just, okay, just consider human frailty. People are going to do stupid things. Doesn't mean you can rub their face in it for, for, for the next however long you manage to stay together. Did something stupid? Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. Don't rub someone's face in their faults. But don't continue. Don't be like a dog that goes back to its vomit and keep doing it either. Like don't be like, don't be fools one or the other, and don't be fools together, and not in God's eyes. And don't render evil for evil or railing for railing. That's tit for tat. You this, you that. Yeah. What about uh, last week when you said this? Uh, fast forward to three years ago. Okay, let's go into the archives now. Let's just let's just bring up stuff from forever ago, from here, whatever, and uh, okay, back up in the center stage here. Satan's just playing a snare drum in your head. Yeah, here we go. This is what I like. That's what Satan likes. The adversary, all the demons, devils, evil spirits that don't allow forgiving. You gotta you gotta rebuke those things. Okay, forgive. It's over. It's done. Move on. As far as the affairs of time and and what's really important. Yeah, you, yeah, you're on Facebook talking to somebody that uh, maybe I shouldn't be talking to this guy. It's getting a bit flirty, or this girl. It's getting a bit flirty. Then just show some self control and get off there. Quit flattering yourself. Hey, you uh, you make that guy feel like the only guy in the world, and buddy, you make that girl feel like the only girl in the world. Don't let your eyes wander after some girl walking down the street who's who's has her hair all plated nicely like it says in verse three here and has all this apparel on like these yoga pants come on like i'm 53 years old i'm watching these girls walk by with yoga pants and i'm like there's nothing left to the imagination here like what are you trying to prove like when i was younger girls wore skirts on top of those yoga pants they were called tights back then like, what's going on? Like, what do you expect? Like, you're going to attract the lowest common element. You're going to attract the morally deprived people. They're going to be nice to you because they're stuck in prisons of sensual lust. And they're going to say anything they can to you to try and get to their goal, which is whatever their morally deprived mind is concerning sensual lust. That's why it says here, just be humble. Be chaste conversation. Be model, modest and humble. And when you go out, hey, I have a ring on. This is my guy. I don't care if you're better looking and you have 10 times as much money. This is my man. Likewise, girl. You look at your girl like, this is my girl. Make her feel like the only girl in the world. 
You need peace at home. Okay, let's go on here. Railing for railing, contra, but contrary, contrarized blessing. Know ye that you are there unto called, that you should inherit a blessing. Yeah, there's an inheritance for you. You can't, you know what? Fate won't negotiate how, no matter how big of a star you think you are. You could die tomorrow. <clears throat> we're, both, we're all going to die within an incredibly short period of time. When you look at the affairs of time, our little life here is just a blip. So get over the superficial. Get off of Hollywood and what, what social media is trying to uh, give people merit and people uh, <clears throat> like a, a sense of entitlement that they deserve better. It's all about me. What's in it for me? What do I get? I deserve more. Looking down the street. Well, look, I could... Uh, this is why you leave uh, parents out of the marriage. Yeah, they come over and... But don't let them meddle. That's why it says leave your parents when you get married. No more meddling. Because you know what happens? Oh, mommy will look at daughter and then she'll size up husband and go, Hey, bricklayer. Look at Johnny Davidson down the street. You should have married him. He's a dentist. He has a pool in the back. Look at his wife driving a Mercedes Benz. What are you driving? A Chevy pickup? Like, there's meddling. There's the seeds of unhappiness getting planted in people. You can do better. They start putting the guy down. Or vice versa. What are you with this chick for? She just sits around in track pants all day, clipping coupons, planning barbecues, and eating bonbons. And uh, like she doesn't do anything. Never mind dad. Never mind mom. Butt out. I make her feel like the only girl in the world. She does a lot of stuff around the house that you don't understand. Okay. So be careful what you allow into your into your uh, into your household, and social media is the worst. You deserve this. You need to look like this. You have to eat this. Well, your guy looks like that. Well, he's got a dad bod. Well, if he's a dad, whoopie do. Yeah, girls and guys. Yeah, you're gonna you're not gonna have twenty year old bodies for your whole life. Get over the superficialness. You're not going to inherit a blessing if you're carrying superficialness, guile, and malice with you and entitlement. It's all about giving and loving and compassion. The love of Christ in your heart, you don't care. You don't care about those things. You care about the love of Christ in your heart. You care about the other person. There's a human element there that goes far beyond what social media or the internet or Hollywood ever portrays. Verse 10, for he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Yeah, watch your mouth, man. Don't be running your mouth. Just because on TV and those that started, I, I don't have a TV. I haven't had TV for years and years and years. But I remember back in the 90s. I remember the first girl that came up to me that I was with and she threw up her hand and was wagging her head around and telling me, to talk to her hand. And I was like, what is this? My mom never did that to my dad. I can tell you that much. That's why they're still together. The yelling, the controversy, the troubles, the just like pointing fingers. It, it was like, well, it started in the 90s morning talk shows. And now it's just perpetuated into this giant thing called social media. Where people just put on these little clips of how fantastic their life is. Look at me. I'm glamorous. You should be like me. Me, me. You know? Well, 
you know, refrain your tongue from evil and what your eyes see too. See good days, refrain your tongue from evil. We just did the book of James and always remember, the tongue is a little member. It boasts us great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Yeah, because someone's not being modest. When someone else is angry, don't add fuel to it. I actually had people tell me, I actually had a girl tell me, I was trying to help her out just in life. You know, she knew I was biblically literate. And she actually thought, I said, how do you handle an uh, argument when someone gets angry? She goes, well, that's easy. You just get more angrier. And that's just like, whoa, dude, that is just, that's sad. And I pray for you. That's not the way it goes. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body and set on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. Yeah, it's course right to hell. And that's from the book of James. That's about the tongue. Yeah, bridle your tongue, man. Just watch it. Okay, let's go here. Uh, let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. That's both of you. It's everybody. 12. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and the ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you if you be followers of what is good? Well, if the face of the Lord is against you, then who is he that will uh, make you do not good? Well, the adversary, of course. The adversary perpetuates evil, and all the evil comes from the human art. It'll be overwhelming. Everything seems good. You know, everything will seem good when you start off. You're trying really hard, and then you just watch the disappointments, frustrations, and it just ends in anguish all the time. Total failure, except with the Lord. 14. But if you are sufferers for righteous, righteous sake, happy are you, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. Okay, like, we're going back to the household here and your personal life with people around you. Like, don't make people walk around on eggshells. No taunting the other person in the household. Don't sit there and instigate and say, well, what did I say? Guy punches a hole in the wall. Well, what instigated that? Hey, you have no right to punch a hole in the wall, but you have no right to instigate it. Then go, what did I do? Words for holes in the walls, eh? What's next? Yeah, what's next? It snowballs after that. And I've seen it. I've seen people just get, just... Jeez, the girl just can't stop running her mouth when the guy's hard or hot or mad. Buddy, control your temper. Girl, close your mouth. And vice versa, the girl comes so mad or she's mad about something because stuff happens, man. We're in these flesh bodies. It's no cakewalk. Christ said offenses will come. Not maybe. Offenses will come. The adversary will try you. He'll try to introduce things into your mind. If you don't have the stability, if Jesus Christ is not your rock and the vesture of your household, he's the head of your household. Things will come up. Just be ready for it. And don't taunt, don't add fuel to the fire. Especially in your household. But sanctify the Lord, your God, in your hearts. And be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of hope that is in you with meekness and reverence. Okay, sanctify, that means set, set. you have a special place in your heart for God. That's, it saturates into you, into everything you say and do. And when people ask you a question, but what's the reason to hope? Well, what, what gave you the right to hope? It's your faith. And what gave you faith is your works. Work without faith is dead. Your household will fall apart like a cheap lawn chair. And you can sit there and hope, but you don't have those three things that go together. 
You have to earn hope. You have to work for faith. And you have to work. Work, faith, hope. Okay, those three things in the Lord. You put those first. In meekness, that means self-discipline. That means afflict through self-discipline. Learn to say no to yourself. Don't let things come into your household that are all superficial and are just going to lead to nothing, especially things like sensual lust. Like, don't be going off to those sex stores and then it just perpetuates. Like, if God wanted you to have plastic toys, then he would have said, okay, Adam and Eve, uh, here's this uh, uh, booth here. Uh, It's a store and here's all these plastic things. Like, no, that's not love. That's, that's where you're going over the line from love to lust. And, this, and the prison of sensual lust, it always leads to disappointment, failure. It never will leave you feeling satisfied inside. But when you love somebody, like you love your wife, uh, you give it up for her. And girls, you give it up for him. It's not a reward. Don't be pigs to each other. Don't be rude don't be perverted. It says here, be meek. And that means learn to say no to yourself. All these temptations. Don't sit there watching pornography. Get over it. You love each other. And that's an act between God made sex, an act between a man and a woman of love, of giving each other, of caring what the other person feels. Now control it with meekness and reverence to the Lord. Having a good conscience that where as they speak evil of you, as evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse you of your good conversation in Christ. Okay, you know why? Evildoers, heathens, mockers, scoffers, never have a linear progression towards the truth. They always have to go off on something that they think that they've come up with, imaginative criticism of the Bible. That You know what? Almost, I haven't met, I was... I would have to strain to think about somebody I've met that's actually read the Bible and studied things that they don't understand that that comes against that comes against me that's a mocker or a scoffer like they never people never have a linear progression towards the truth it's mockers scoffers all all their um the power of a scoffer or a mocker always lies within accusation never truth Mockers and scoffers. So why, why do you guys believe in the Bible? Why does your household believe in the Bible? You know, you should believe in this. Like, like it, obviously we come from evolution. Let's say to them, easy, be ready. Always to give an answer. If evolution were true, there would have to be an infinite array of fossils for every species at every minute stage of transition from the single cell to the species we see now including us, and including all the species that have come and gone. Like, what are you trying to say? Science has said there was an ice age. Yeah, God fastballed a comet at this planet. There's no doubt about it to end the age. And there's tons written about that in the Bible. That's another subject for another day. Super species like dinosaurs, extinct. What happened? Well, the comet hit planet Earth, and uh, you know, a big cloud came around planet Earth for years. Years and years, so much that the sun couldn't get through and the, and the ice age came. So where do you think mankind was during that, uh, Mr. Evolution person? Sitting on a beach somewhere with a little pup tent and his little dog on a leash? 
Well, let's just wait here until this cloud disappears around the planet. Meanwhile, the Ice Age was so major, it gouged out huge sections of land, pushed massive amounts of material around. No one lived through that. Nothing. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. In the beginning, that means uh, uh, um, in the beginning, created means created in order and beauty. He made a self-sustaining planet. It doesn't say when. It doesn't say void and without form. That's verse 2. The earth became void and without form. The word was is the worst translation ever in the Bible. Was. It's became. Hayah in the Hebrew. It became void and without form. To this age. This flesh age now. Always have good. Always have something ready to answer to the heathen people. And because we have a linear progression towards the truth. It just, it just keeps them quiet. Uh, for it is better if the will of God be so that you suffer for doing well than for evil doing. Yeah, don't go with the flow because you're going to suffer going with the flow of society. Morally corrupt society. Spiritually corrupt. Ethically corrupt. Socially corrupt. Don't go that way. And if you, you'll suffer, it's no cakewalk being a Christian. Once you get the truth in you, people mock. People mock me all the time. Hey, look at this guy. Wasn't he driving a bunch? Didn't he have a bunch of hot cars in his driveway? Cadillac and race car. And and and, and uh, he had all those guys working for him. That's me. And then what did he do? He give it up. He, he just decided he's going to teach the Bible. Now it's a guy. He lives in grinding poverty. I don't even have hydro or running water. I've lived here all winter. It's been brutally cold. No, there's no, no more hot cars and anything. There's no work truck here. But I'm not, I'm not saying I'm suffering for God, but I would rather live like this and do the will of God than do the will of the evil. For Christ also once uh, died for our sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, putting to death in the flesh. He, was, he got put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. Okay, we all die, and we're all unjust. And Jesus Christ gives us a way to cleanse ourselves by his blood. He does not compromise with evil, and we can't compromise with evil. We can't negotiate with evil. Jesus Christ didn't negotiate with it. He was firm. He was meek by being self-disciplined. He showed us. He was the example to us. His kingdom will not accommodate the, accommodate evil. And so don't expect to bring it there and say, I have my ticket stamped to get in here because I'm a good person. According to what? Jesus Christ say to you, depart from me. You never got to know me. Verse 20. By sometimes which were disobedient when once long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein a few, that is eight souls, were saved by water. Okay, this, this is a lot of work. People were... Okay. Oh, I missed verse 19. By what she also went and preached unto the spirits in prison. Now, this is, this is a new subject here. When Jesus Christ died, he went to the other side of the gulf and he preached the gospel. He gives everybody a chance because they didn't have the salvation ministry uh, to them yet, the people that died before Christ. And he's saying they were all disobedient and God was long-suffering. Like in the days of Noah, there was debauchery beyond what we could even almost imagine. It's almost the same now, where there was only eight people of the Adamic family left that, that weren't, um, this is a really in-depth lesson. It's both the Raphium and Nephilim in that area. Okay, And what happened to these eight souls? 
only eight souls didn't get, get attacked by the raphium and nephilim of Genesis chapter 6. That's another lesson for another day. But this is all about being disobedient and just going in the ways of the world, going with the flow. And they all and there was just debauchery and morally deprived minds and morally corrupt and spiritually corrupt times back then. And God said, hey, there's only eight people left in this family that I set aside to plant the seeds of truth throughout the world. And that's what's being said here. And so God flooded out that area. Says the world, that's figure of speech in Doshe for Noah's flood. He flooded out that area of the Nephilim and Raphim. Figure of speech in Doshe means apart for a whole. That was their whole world there. Not the whole planet. It's easy to prove the planet didn't get flooded out. Where's the water? It doesn't exist. But that part of the world got flooded out and it's recorded in eight different uh, historical accounts other than the Bible. All right, so 21, the like figure, like, okay, so the light example for us, whereunto even baptism also now save us, not putting away the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God. Yeah, God says do certain things for him. Get down on your hands and knees and pray. You repent first. You get baptized. Okay, you, you get a working knowledge of the Bible. He gives you these laws and ordinances as symbolic to him, like a figure, like baptism. You get baptized as an adult. That's when you get born again. Like these things God expects you to do. When you're born again, that means you lose the ways and things that you think before and become a new person. And your baptism is a symbol is a symbolic of that. So when you're ready to be baptized, come on out. I got a river back here. It's awesome. 22. Who has gone into heaven and on the right hand of God, angels and authorities, powers being made subject unto him. That's right. That's our Lord Jesus Christ. And... We, we pay homage to the Lord Jesus Christ. We glory Him. We glory the cross and what He did for us. He suffered to set up a kingdom that is valid and legit. If Jesus Christ would have compromised with evil, just gone with the flow, just thought it was popular, hey man, let's just do it like this because it's popular with these guys, or uh, just followed the ways and things of the world, then that would have to be allowed in heaven. And then heaven would be nothing more than a new hell. But He loved us so much, right, up, right even beyond him getting nailed to a cross. He looked at the people and said, no, no, forgive these people. Just forgive these people. They're going to have to figure it out for themselves. To, that evil will not be accommodated in heaven and it has to be out of you. You have to unload everything that you're carrying and holding. And, you know, this is a great lesson here about how to get along in your household. I'm Right now, there's a couple, there's a household that is falling apart like a cheap suit and they're getting divorced and it's the saddest thing. It's the saddest thing that they didn't have this doctrine with them because it was such a great family. They're so such a nice family, and I love them all. And now it's just all tit for tat, trying to prove each other wrong, blame, pointing fingers, and it's just a disaster. And that's a polyon. It's just the house is just being destroyed. And the Bible gives us the best ways to get along outside your house and inside your house and how to look at each other with respect well, i hope you enjoyed that that's the uh, first peter chapter three my name is mike this is the companion chapel if i've helped you please help me keep bringing these podcasts go to companionchapel.com yeah the website's a disaster it's all yours if you want to fix it up and do whatever you want with it make it into a church this church is as much your churches as it is mine it belongs to our Lord Jesus Christ. Become part of it. All I can do is create this Bible teaching media. I can do video. I can do Bible teaching podcasts, Bible teaching videos, whatever you want me to do. 
Whatever the many member body of God calls for me to do, I'll do it. Make it happen. My name is Mike. Go to companionchapel.com, Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, or e-transfer to email address companionchapel at gmail.com or come on by number 338 side row 28-29, Paisley, Ontario, Canada. And the phone number here is 509-706-8876. Please, point, uh, please uh, share this podcast or whatever you can do to get it out there on social media to make it happen so we can spread the seeds of truth like god wants us to do throughout the world i want to thank you very much for listening have yourself a great day and bye for now